What up, Ashley? Hello, Mervin. Oh, man. Boys is getting quiet. Going to get crunk. Yeah. Head back to Longview, Kelly popping trunk. Yeah. I ain't even tripping. Yeah. Riding and I'm sipping. Yeah. Yeah. Let me come through four foes that are tipping. Yeah. 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 Watch the trunk crack. Yeah. Yeah. Let me sit sideways, see me running back. Yeah. 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 Maybe AP, yeah. maybe AD. Yeah. I ain't even tripping because we some athletes. Yeah. Yeah. The more right, it, it must be a, uh, it's a nod to my co-host, not necessarily me. Especially if you ask her, because she just thinks she knows everything in the world, and I'm here to set it straight. It has always been one of my dreams slash goals to work with Ashley, um, to do anything sports related, talking with her, um, because she is one of the smartest people I know, especially uh, sports wise. A compliment. It has always been an honor, an honor to work with a cast member of the Doug Dynasty. <laughs> Ashley, I hate you. Okay. This is Ashley Moore, and you're listening to the More Right Than Wrong podcast. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. What it do, listeners out there. Um, we should play a drinking game today. Drink, take a shot every time. <laughs> Take a shot every time I call at Mervin. It's mm. not like the drinking game, Mervin. Hey, I'm not gonna play. You, <laughs> I mean, if you want to get our listeners drunk off their asses whenever they want to listen to this, by all means. If y'all want to listen to her, I'm not. I, I, y'all are grown. I can't stop you. But that's a bad idea, folks. Don't listen to her. <laughs> uh, I'm just playing. Uh, welcome back to the More Right the Wrong podcast. I am one half. Ashley Moore. Uh, that deep voice is the other, mm-hmm. Mervin Wright. What's up? And this is episode 14. Ooh, ooh. We've been at this for 15 weeks. Because yeah. remember the episode you lost? No, that 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 that's counted in the count. Just oh, that's what you count? There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But okay. technically, we are at it for 15 weeks because we did the our pre-show right you remember like before we did episode one right yeah so we uh, also we need to take that off of, uh <laughs> we need to take that off the thing Why? bro we y'all that was when we were you know just recording a little you know something mm-hmm. the audio on that thing is terrible oh, it's absolutely terrible oh it's god awful it is god it's terrible but but you know what it's a it's a sign it's a uh it's it's a it's a sign of like you know how far we've come since then you know we right, ain't come that right. far but you know progress is progress and so so we, if y'all if, if y'all want to hear that horribly recorded episode it's the very first one just click it and just mm-hmm. listen just listen just listen it's terrible I mean you probably have heard it if you clicked on it because I feel like it pops up first it might yes. I don't know it's pretty bad okay uh today. So much to talk about. Um, We're going to start with March Madness, the craziness recap. Um, Yeah, Baylor literally whooped everybody. Um, UNC basketball hired their first black coach. Obviously, Roy Williams retired. If you've been living on their rock, he retired. Paul Pierce got fired from ESPN for being wild. Absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. (laughs) Um, But at least we got to watch. Right. <laughs> Chris Beard is headed to Texas. 
Mervyn is calling out the NCAA for hypocrisy. Again. Again, like he does quite often. Uh, the Jets trade Sam Darnold to Cal- to Carolina. Uh, Merv's minute is his five biggest gut punch moments in sports. You know, because he punches his gut because it All is right. very large. Anyway, um, see, that would have been one shot right there. <laughs> um, and then I am going to talk about the versus battle between the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right. So let's get into it. If I may, uh, if I may, what's just want to before we get into it. Two major things happened this past week. Um, you lost one, your virginity. No, shut. Oh my god, shut <laughs> up. Number one. Um, speaking of that, uh, would like to give a shout out and a welcome to the newest fan of the More Right Than Wrong podcast, um, little baby Logan Avery Cox, my uh, homeboy ish. And my homegirl Veronica had their baby um, on Friday. Uh, she's healthy. She's so adorable. I went and Aww. saw her. Like, she was crying the other day, and I picked up, and she started crying. I was like, oh, this baby loves me. I'm a, I'm a soothing presence. That, that's how I like to describe myself. Now, that, that, don't get too close. <laughs> that baby been to pull some at your hey, beard. No, I'm, hey, no. <laughs> it's funny because uh, my homegirl was like, yeah, your beard is like all in her face, so she might grab it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yep. You're right. Let me back up a little bit. Um, yeah. And more, more importantly, oh, number more importantly, two, more importantly, importantly than a birth. Yes. Than more the, uh, well, false. Congratulations, Ish and Veronica. More importantly, yesterday, uh, April sixth, made one year exactly of this beautiful mane growing out of my face. It was one year ago Y'all, yesterday that I cut Ish it all off. And Veronica, <laughs> he just said his beard was more important than y'all, baby. <laughs> Wow. I said Keep going, I said. but I just wanted them to he said. No, I know. Okay. I know exactly what I said. So exactly Ooh, one year okay. ago yesterday I cut it all off. Um it has grown essentially untouched, uncut since then. Um much to the chagrin of my mother and a few other women in my life who just say just cut it up a little bit. I've made it to yeah, a year. Just tame it. So I, I was letting it make it to a year before I did anything to it. And now you're welcome. It will be at least trimmed up a little bit. Good, yeah. because you know who you look like. Who? You ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? I did not see Pirates of the Caribbean actually. Oh my gosh, bro! I've seen the clips, those, but I've never seen the movie. Those movies are amazing. If you're um, talking about, anyways, Captain Jack Sparrow, the pl- character Johnny uh, Depp played, yeah. has a long beard, and it's all like. Dread it up and stuff. Now, I have seen that. Just looks nasty. It's funny you say that because I could twist this up if I wanted to. I know you could. I've done it before. You gotta be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) I've I've, I've twisted this up and like pre cut. I've I've also allowed a certain woman (laughs) to put edge control on my mustache just to see what it would look like. Actually, doesn't look that bad. Y'all, Mervin works at a restaurant. You know how many hairs are probably in them foods he serves? No, none, none. <laughs> you mean to tell me you don't think any stray hairs ever come off of your beard? It's happened before, but not recently. And I would know because it's not like you can't mistake this for an eyelash or something like. If something comes out of this, it's like a solid three inches long. It it, it wasn't mine. Like somebody, okay. like, so for instance, yesterday, 
had somebody had a guest with a hair in their food and i looked at it just because i i do look at it to make sure like wait a minute that's not mine is it it's like nah it was you know it wasn't it wasn't black and it wasn't this long like it was like somebody's hair from the kitchen so yeah nah it mm -mm. well when i like when i take care of it when i comb it out stuff comes out anyway so it's good for today well, whenever um, you decide to trim it up, make sure you save that extra hair. You can donate it to make some bundles. So let's get into March Madness, please. Because <laughs> I know where you're going with this, and I don't appreciate it. <sighs> make you some bundles. Uh, March Madness, bruh. Can, okay, I think we just need to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Merv and I... <laughs> Both, you know, talked about how great U of H was and, you know, how we really wanted them to win. Now, granted, we were admitting that U of H was the huge underdog here. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, we, we knew that. But, you know, we were really pushing for U of H to win. Mm-hmm. And for them to just get out there and embarrass us like that, you know. We, we were speaking worth our heart and not our head. Right. That's what it right. was. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there was no way. They no. were beating that Baylor team. No, no way. Absolutely no way at all. <laughs> I th- I, and uh, it was yeah. hard to watch. It was. And so, like, I got home. When I got home from work, we were up 8-4. to four, And I think I told you this. By the time I made it to meet up with my friends to watch <laughs> the rest of the game, it was already like a 15, 20-point game. And it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse. Like, couldn't make a shot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what lid was on that rim. But... It was just like UH was getting they were getting good shots too. It's not like they were just throwing stuff up and doing whatever. It was literally ball just not going in and you know, UH's calling card, one of them was offensive rebounding and Baylor was like, Well, you can try that offensive rebounding game against everybody else, but when it comes to us, it ain't happening. Okay, you said they were getting good shots. I would yes. say the second half they were. Yeah. But the okay, first they were half, they were definitely half. locked up. They were getting up. decent shots in the first half, though. First half, they was getting locked up pretty bad, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the shots that they did have, they were missing, for sure. Yeah. And then after the game, one of the analysts said, Houston can't shoot. And I'm low-key, like, no, they've, right. honestly been like they've honestly been like that during, during yeah. the tournament, too. Like, I told you after the last two games, I'm just like, those weren't impressive wins because Houston still played okay. Right. Cause, they just won. Because if you think about it, the reason you have to get so many offensive rebounds is because you're missing shots. Right. So, you know, you deal with that. But like you said, the second half, had they played the game they played in the second half and the first half, not to say that Houston would have just outright won, but it would have looked a lot better on the score sheet at the very least. I think Baylor just got comfortable in the second half. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's <laughs> so I it. I think too. they eased up a little bit. I yeah. don't think Houston just was like, all right, let's go in. Nah, I think Baylor mm-hmm. definitely eased up a bit. So Maybe. I don't know. You know. But, okay. Uh, we will. Now that that's out the way. Now that that's out the way. Let's make, go to the Gonzaga-UCLA game. Now, guys, I watched the game live, and I was hyped the whole time. Mervin, on the other hand, I don't know what he was doing. I was still out. We was out at the bar. He was out turning up. No, I wasn't. What was you doing? We was drinking. We wasn't turning up. There's a difference. Oh, okay. Y'all were out, though. Out drinking. Outside. But I was watching the game, too. Yeah, he wasn't watching the game. He don't know what was going on. He was looking up. You know when you at a bar 
and it's loud and you with your friends and you drinking, the game is on. I see a couple plays, but I'm not watching the game because then that's rude to my friends. I don't care about them that much. I, if I want to watch the game, I'll watch the game. Right, but anyway. just admit you are. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I actually watched the game. And when I tell y'all, UCLA earned my utmost respect. Earned my utmost respect. Them boys came out, and they weren't playing no games at all. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga literally won. I, that, when Suggs threw that ball up, it was... I mean, it was luck. It was luck. <laughs> it was luck. Like, had he not scored that basket, you know, on the buzzer, I think they would have went to overtime and could have lost. I'm not saying they would have. Yeah. I'm saying well, no, that, they well, that was the lost. first overtime. That was the first overtime. I mean, going into double overtime yeah, and yeah. could have lost. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, um, like so. Okay, I didn't see. Like you said, I didn't really just pay attention to all the game, but. Um, I saw all of overtime, and just from that, you could tell how close of a game it was. Like, it was a true, yeah, like, bro. back and forth. There wasn't no, like, <laughs> one team went up five and another team had to run. Like, no, it was a two- or three-point game the whole time. Um, I mean, Gonzaga had to make some uh, – had to make a run to even get it to overtime because uh, UCLA, UCLA was, uh, was getting on them that good. And it was – I mean, like you said, UCLA – earned a lot of people's respect because you gotta remember they were in the playing game. They weren't technically in the in the original sixty four. They had to play first in to get there. In. Right. And so for them to go from the first four all the way to the final four is a testament to how good they are in themselves and the job that Mick Cronin is doing um at UCLA. But to that shot, Ashley, I'm sure you've seen I did see the shot. After everything, I did see the shot. And watching the replays, he put that ball up. And he was tiptoeing to the sideline. After after he landed, he was already moving to the sideline because he knew it was going in. Like, it wasn't no question about it. Like, it, dudes was probably coming off the bench and everything because he was like, all right, look. It, it reminded me, and I called my boy Dez and asked him about it. It reminded me of Carolina Villanova back in 2016 where Carolina ties it, <laughs> supposed to go to overtime, Villanova comes down, one pass, shot up, goes in, ball game. Villanova wins. It was that same exact uh, scenario, just in the uh, semifinal, mm-hmm. and it was just. It, it, it's one of those things you really like. You see it, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like I've seen videos um, from UCLA fans where, like, some were like they just bet on it. I saw one video where a girl was like at a bar with a UCLA shirt on, watching it. Shot, um, the shot goes in to, to tie it, and she's like screaming and yelling, doing all that stuff. And then you know turns the phone around on her face, and then like a second later, the shot goes in from Suggs, and she's just like, like just in utter disbelief. Like, poor girl, what just happened? <laughs> like, I, poor girl. <laughs> she look, it's some it's some sick people still. At UC, on UCLA campus, thinking about that, having nightmares about that shot. Poor girl, poor girl. I mean, I, I understand though, because this isn't the case where um, a Cinderella team 
keeps, you know, a Cinderella team is in the tournament. They go deep in the tournament. Mm-hmm. This was not the case for UCLA. Now, let me tell y'all the difference because Cinderella teams, you know, can make it to uh, an Elite Eight and play well, you know. But when UCLA got into this Final Four, this wasn't teams just making shot team is hot. You know, when you see Cinderella teams come out, the team be hot. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Players who normally don't average double digits, you know, they bussing. You know, everybody just bussing. No, bro. This was a game of matchups, and UCLA was winning a matchups. Jaquez, uh, Juzang, uh, mm-hmm. Campbell, Tiger Campbell. Pause. Let's talk about Tiger Campbell. This man is the shortest man on the court by far. 5'11". 5'11". Came in busted. Okay. One-on-one matchups. Mm-hmm. These weren't plays called for them. One-on-one matchups. Juzang. Literally. He was the one who made the... Uh, right, right. The uh, tying score at the end of uh, overtime. Juzang. For UCLA. Juzang. One-on-one matchups. Literally. Pro ball. Okay. Like... These were legit one-on-one matchups. And these three guys for their team, now granted the rest of the team, you know, they did their part too. But these three individual guys were literally playing like pros. It was, what made this game so good is that you're watching professional basketball basically. Because Mm -hmm. when you're watching the NBA, you're watching teams play, yes, but you're watching for the matchup. You know what I'm saying? You want to see what. Let's talk about the finals. You want to? You're watching for okay. What's Jimmy Butler gonna do versus what's LeBron James gonna do? And for right. a while, in one of those games, we make those game that game so competitive is Butler would do something, LeBron would do something. Butler would do something, LeBron would do something. So in the NBA, it's literally a team sport, but it we watch for the matchups. And UCLA Gonzaga gave us the matchups, and UCLA literally they really won those matchups. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know. Gonzaga, I mean, shots were going in. It's one of those games where you could say, like, if you were to say UCLA really won that game, right? You could, you could really say that because you really could. If it's not for that shot, we're going into a second overtime, and with another five minutes, you don't know what's happening because, like you said, it is that matchup game. It is going back and forth, like it is. You don't know. Like UCLA could have very well been in the in the, uh, in the championship on Monday, uh, you know, had Suggs not made that shot. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, mm-hmm. that comes down to coaching and defense, and you know, obviously not fouling, and you know, certain things that go through your mind in the situation that they were in. Uh, and being on you, the defense and Gonzaga was in foul trouble. Don't forget right. that Timmy had uh, four fouls. Right. So, it, so like, it, it's, it's certain things that also come down to it to where it could have, you know, we don't know. Suggs could have missed that shot, and then they still, you know, somehow win by 10 in overtime. So, you don't know. But, like, you could say UCLA really won that game, and it's a real – and you could honestly make a case for that. Um, but none of that would have mattered, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because – Either team would have got drove by Baylor. the way – I don't look to – I don't look at my team losing, and then if they lose in the next round to somebody, uh, no, and then if they drill everybody else, I don't claim that victory most of the time. But it does make me feel a little better because the way Baylor beat Houston <laughs> on Saturday was the exact same way they beat Gonzaga on Monday, except Gonzaga was could make a few more shots. Baylor came out, 
and absolutely demolished Gonzaga. And you'll be happy to know that uh, when I first talked to you on Monday, I told you I was barely going to be able to watch the game, but I was mm-hmm. able to talk people into letting me turn the game on at my homeboy's house so we mm-hmm. could watch it. Uh, so, yeah, I was able to watch, and I, to- I tweeted it. That was about a, as thorough of an ass-whooping as it can be. They didn't <laughs> let up. They didn't, they didn't let up in the second half like they did against Houston. Baylor uh, didn't do that. Um, they played defense. They got rebounds. Wait, you said like they did Houston. Well, I'm saying they didn't let up in the second half. Like they didn't just kind of slack off and, you know, make it seem like Houston might be able to like somehow pull off a miracle. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're, so you're That's going back. Okay. You're going back yes. and forth. To, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I apologize. So <laughs> I was like, Baylor what? didn't do none of that. They, they kept their foot on the necks. Um, they out-rebounded, out-physical, out-everything Gonzaga, um, and it showed up on the score sheet <laughs> by a lot. Listen, Baylor was favorites to win last year, mm-hmm. okay? So I don't know why we slept on them, because we definitely slept on them. That's true. Listen, these boys just been waiting for their chance, and it looked like everybody been eating their cornbread, okay? Mm-hmm. Then was some thick dudes. I'm like, <laughs> dang! Bro, Baylor put brought the football team out. I saw right. a couple tight ends. I right. saw Mitchell running back. Like, Thank, hold bruh. on, hold on, hold on. Pause. I'm glad you mentioned him. There's no way he's not related to Donovan Mitchell. Um, there's no way they got to be long lost cousins or something. Because they, I mean, the, I don't think so. They, they were tweeting at each other, but they didn't say anything about being related. Because he, because they've both been asked about it. They have the same initials, and they both were 45. That's all I'm saying. Continue. It's just, you know, things like that happen in life, Mervyn. That's a huge coincidence is what I'm saying. Co- huge coincidences happen in life. LeBron James and Steph Curry being born at the same hospital. No, that's not a coincidence. That's God blessing that hospital, which is why I'm having my baby. That's in that a hospital. huge coincidence, <laughs> Mervyn. Huge coincidences happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Listen, at this point, if your first name start with a D, your last name is Mitchell, just put on a number 45 in whatever sport you play in because, you know, you could be blessed as well because these dudes straight ballers, Mm -hmm. stubby running backs, big old tight ends. Like, you got some cornerbacks on there too. You know, everybody ain't bulky on Baylor. But, bro, there was some grown men out there playing with some little boys. (laughs) That's what that turned out to be. Some grown men. Literally pounding, pounding the rebounds, pounding the the paint. Like I'm sorry, Gonzaga didn't have a chance. Oh, at when all. When you look at it, honestly, who had a chance? Nobody. 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 <laughs> Baylor's just really. Baylor's really just that good. Right. Really good, and they deserve everything they got. They earned it. And yeah, that's the most. Baylor is the most dominant I've seen a team, a college team, be in a long time in basketball. Right. Let's let's take a look at their run, okay? And we can I, like you could start in the in the Big Twelve tournament because they were beating teams by fifteen to twenty, but let's mm-hmm. just take a look, okay? They beat Hartford by twenty four, which was a one versus sixteen. They beat Villanova by eleven. They beat Baylor by nine. Uh, they they beat Arkansas, sorry, by nine points. Um, then they beat Houston by almost 20, and then they came out and beat Gonzaga by 16. So all double digit but one, which was nine. Right. There was no such thing as a close game for them at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. 
That's about as dominant of a tournament run as you're probably going to see. Because at the very least, usually, uh, you know, when somebody wins a tournament, they have to win a game or two on the last second play by like two, winning by like two or three or maybe five points at the most. Everybody has to deal with that. Like you said, the closest game was a nine-point game against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Other than that, these were all blowouts. In, in terms yep. of college, in terms of college basketball, losing by 10, 11 points is essentially a blowout. Baylor reminded me of AAU basketball. You would go on these tournaments and you would see, you know, a team full of a bunch of skinny white girls, but they all can shoot really well. Right. Um, you would see a team of people who can play, but they can't play like, you know, on an upper level. You know, it's like somebody's high school team that decided to have an AAU team. Right. But then you see those big black girls walk in, whole team matching bags, matching shoes, matching hoodies, and they all just huge, but they look legit. That's Baylor. Because then those (laughs) girls come through and they dominate the tournament. When I was at AAU, we had a team like that, and they were the Lady Trojans. We were really good, but whenever the Lady Trojans would come through there, they were all so big and tall. They were in South Dallas or something like that. Anyways, those girls dominated everybody, and you could tell by just watching them how much they dominated. Like, the size had a lot to do with it. I'm throwing that to Baylor. Baylor Mm -hmm. is the Lady Trojans. Like, your AA team ain't got nothing on these big, well-fed athletes. Right. And and then here's the fun thing. This matchup was supposed to happen during the regular season. Uh but COVID issues COVID messed that up. Messed it up. And honestly, this matchup probably would have happened. This was essentially the third time this would have happened because it probably it might have happened last year if we had March Madness, but that got canceled. Uh and then their matchup earlier this year got canceled. Um not to say that the same thing would have happened then. But uh, judging by what we saw on Monday, it's a fair statement to say it probably would have turned out similarly to what it did this week. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, shout out to Baylor, Texas team. And shout out to Timmy um, on Gonzaga. He's from Richardson. Richardson Pierce. My, uh, my boy Dez, his little brother, uh, actually played with Drew Timmy. It's funny. Because I mentioned Drew Timmy to Dez when he was in town. And he was like, bro, he was terrible in high school. Like, he used to suck. I heard. I so heard. So, how he got to Gonzaga, we don't know. But Mark I didn't Few hear he apparently was terrible. saw something. I just heard he wasn't that good. Yeah. Well, apparently, Mark Few saw something that nobody else did. But You know, you can develop a player. Mm-hmm. Um, So, let's head over to North Carolina. Uh, a team who lost in the first round of the of the. Uh, uh, March Madness tournament in how long was it? Their first loss in the uh, first round. I, th- yeah, was, I think that was. I think that was the first loss under at least under Roy Williams. Under Roy that's Williams, his, it was Roy Williams' first, first loss. His first first round loss. Yeah, first loss in the first round in that tournament. Um, well, he came out to announce that he was retiring on April Fool's. So a lot of people thought it was April April Fool's joke. Clearly, was not because he's still retired. Probably should have won you said what? I said he should have waited a day. That might not have been a bad idea. He should have waited a day, but you know, he an old man. Uh, Damn. <laughs> well, anyways, legendary coach Roy Williams retired after three national championships in Chapel Hill. 
Now, the Tar Heels have now named a new coach, Hubert Davis, mm-hmm. and he is a what? A black man. Yeah. Okay. Turn up. Woo woo. You know, me and Murphy always trying to, you know, root for the black coaches because we don't get our due, but it's coming. Okay. Anyway, so Hubert Davis is a black man and he is going to be the first black head basketball coach in program history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's even better. Um, Davis was one of Williams's assistants, assistant coaches. And he also played for the Tar Heels under legendary Dean Smith. I don't know if y'all knew that, but so, uh, the blue runs in his blood. Now, Monday, Hubert, in his welcoming speech, gave a very heartfelt and emotional speech mm-hmm. about what all this means to him. What? Are you laughing, Marvin? Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he gave a very heartfelt speech about what this means to him. Now, he talked about the significance of being the first African-American coach. Mm-hmm. He talked about being the fourth black head coach at his school in the history of any sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about the small minority head basketball coaches in Division One. I. I think know, he said he 26%. In, yeah. Yes. He just touching on all these points, you know, mm-hmm. and you're really feeling them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then... He went on to say that he was proud that he had a white wife and mixed babies. Uh, okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay, she, and that's why that's why I laughed because for 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 the first time in forever, I've seen all the stuff that you've seen support around you know <laughs> the stuff we're talking about, and I literally just saw this and I was like, "Look, hey." Look, I don't okay, care. Okay, Hubert. Like, okay. No, I, I mean, first I, of all, I think it was a little awkward. I think right, it was a little like, random. Look, you know? my whole thing is like, obviously, we're we're proud that even though we have no ties to North Carolina at all, proud to see a black man in a position. Right. Go, you know. We'll, we'll, I did look it up, um, and it would kind of make a little sense because if you start with Dean Smith, Dean Smith was there from '61 to '97, mm-hmm. and the reason I start there is because you know before then. It, we barely have black people on the court, so having a head coach was just out of the question. Uh, there's only been three other coaches since then, and one of them was Roy Williams. So I won't say it was a first opportunity, but it was essentially the first opportunity, right? But but I'm glad they did it, obviously. But it's like watching that. He's going, like you said, he's going through all this stuff. You know, feels good to be in the position. You know, not a lot of black head coaches. Yada uh-huh. yada yada. But like. What was the purpose of saying that? Like, look, <laughs> date, marry, date and marry who you want to. That's what I'm saying. Look, look, I, look I'm going to just say this. I personally prefer black women over anybody else uh, for cultural reasons and other reasons. You know, black women are top tier. But, you know, if you like white women, I, can, I ain't going to stop you. If you would love to date a Hispanic woman, you see her, she's beautiful, you want to date her, go ahead. But, like. What's the point of just putting that out there? Like, yeah, bro. It sounds I like you're. That was it so sounds random. like we're pandering to the white white person. Like, look, guys, just just understand <laughs> something here. I'm black. Okay, there's nothing I can do about this. But I just want you to know, there's still a white influence in my life. There's a white woman who I go to bed with every day, and our babies are gonna have white in them for the rest of their life too. I just want you guys to know that, so you can you know not come after me so much because there are white people in my family. Want you to know. Was was he trying to make it himself seem more diverse? Let everybody know 
he has a diverse background. Like, I just don't understand. I was just confused. I don't get the point of saying you know, it. I don't get the, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what the point of saying it was. Maybe he, right. like, did he think we were going to talk about him? Like, oh, he black, but is he black because he got a white wife? Right. I, you know how many black people in our community have white wives? Right. We don't care. We Thank don't care. you. Let, well, See, okay, I thought that me, was so random. Let me rephrase. We don't care. We're probably going to joke with you about it, but like we, in, like you said, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, we really don't care that your wife is white at all. Bro, so, I was like, really into the speech too. I was like, right, yes. Right. You know, go. I'm over here. Let's go. And then he said, and I'm proud to have a white wife. And I was like. Pulled his head down real quick. <laughs> what? what? I was just so confused. I was like. Wait, did he just say that? Did he just say what I think he said? No, he meant so that. So I moved it back. <laughs> and he said, I'm proud to have a white wife. I was like, okay. Well, see, I, I just ex- don't get it, but maybe when he just... I saw it, When I saw it, I knew it was coming because it was in the caption of the tweet. But I'm like, like like you said, I still don't get it. I just don't get it. Why? Like, what was the what was the point of that? Like, You we, don't hear... We, you don't hear the black coaches being like, and I have a beautiful, strong black woman beside me. Well, you might not, but you should. Because I would do that. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, just, I just thought that was so weird. But, hey, teach his own. Shout out to Hubert. I don't know if you go. Uh, you got a nickname, Hub or... QB. Is that or something? That might be him. I don't know. Anyway, continue. Anyways. Uh, shout out to you for doing your thing. Um, you know, great milestone, great accomplishment. And I hope, uh, University of North Carolina name continues. It probably will because in college, all you need is one good season with a whole bunch of good prospects Mm -hmm. and you win a national championship one and done. So we'll see if uh, North Carolina is still a hot spot for the one and done athletes. Okay. We're going to keep it on basketball for a moment. Paul Pierce. Oh, boy. Uh, Paul Pierce got fired oh from ESPN. Because for a second, I think he thought he was a rapper. Oh, the he Hall, thought he was something. <laughs> the Hall of Fame finalist went on Instagram Live while playing poker with his friends. He had a few strippers. And that's or shall I say, or shall I say, exotic dancers? Exotic dancers. Thank okay. you. They had their clothes on. Thank you. Um, a blunt in his mouth, mm-hmm. and his friends were throwing poker chips at the dancers' booties. Now, at what point did going live sound like a good idea? At uh, what point? Never. Like this. <laughs> th- th- this is kids, children of all ages. Adults of all ages. This is just another reminder. Social media can get you fired. Let's, let's yes. just start there. Just want to put that yes. out. Yes. But like, I don't know. What? Cause, cause you were naming stuff, and I'm trying to think. Okay, at what point is it? Does it go from just, hey Paul, don't be an idiot, to, all right, now we gotta let you go. Because, let's be honest. You know, homies at the house playing poker. Drinking a beer, drinking a little, you know, whiskey and Sprite. Nobody would get mad about that, right, Ashley? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, women in the background. We'll just say women. Fully clothed. Nobody would care, right? Right. Uh, but it's when, I think, 
it might start getting into that area of at the very least suspension when it's women with just bra and panties looking like <laughs> they looking like if they weren't at your house they might not have all of that on um and then you pull out the blunt and yeah. your homies throwing you know, I know he was I know he was throwing, the it's like <laughs> throwing poker like, chips throwing at the poker strippers chips at the strippers I'm like does that Look. hurt <laughs> <laughs> that too didn't like, even think hurt? about that like i i would be mad like look man throw the dollar bills that's fine but these poker chips i bet that actually hurts right like, don't, like you <sighs> come on man look we just talked about a black head coach at north carolina and we losing a black man in the media <laughs> over this. Like there are more, there are other ways that you can get fired, and people would not be be as mad or or laugh about it. But like when we saw this video, there was no question. <laughs> it wasn't like a oh man that looked really bad, but he can get out of this. It wasn't any of that. It was like yo, this man's about to get fired, <laughs> right? Oh, I knew. In a, in a day, I knew. Now. I don't know how true this is, but it definitely makes for a better story. So I'm just going to yeah. <laughs> tell you what I read. Right. Word on the curve is he took everybody's phones and made them sign an NDA just to expose the party Listen. himself. Just to expose the party himself. Not only that, Mervin, mm-hmm. but when he went on live, a few people were in the comments saying where is your wife i was thank you which is a good question where is (laughs) your your wife wife? (laughs) where's she at and is she now about to be former mrs paul pierce right and how do you come back come back from this like him and his wife have i think three kids Mm -hmm. two or three kids at that point because you know in our community it's at what status can can a man be at where you allow him to cheat on you? That's an actual conversation. Right. So for you to be married to him for all these years and y'all have three beautiful children together, there is no reason for you to stay. You got three kids. And if you still won't, I mean, in our, I ain't saying this right, but in our system, if you got all these kids with a millionaire, you gonna be set. She getting paid. She getting paid. So, like, at what point do you leave? Like, it, is this is but, this enough to leave? Okay, because for let, me, if mm-hmm. I were his wife, this would be enough for me to leave. Like, okay. you just embarrassed me. It'd be different if this was some private. But you just embarrassed me, and you lost your job doing so. You look like a fool. So, I'm just going to leave and save my face at this point. Okay. Ashley, I'm going to ask you a question. And I, I thought about it and just thought about it again and realized it's going to sound like a stupid question. So, if you call me stupid for asking this i deserve it but like are we 100 percent sure that he cheated i mean look he wasn't having sex with the girls they, they were just throwing poker chips i didn't say he cheated but i'm just saying you know what i'm saying like now granted obviously the i was <laughs> put that in, in a hypothetical situation okay okay I, I was just about to say now it is stupid though that i think that you know you can be fired I think you should be allowed to be fired for from a job for general incompetence and stupidity, and this would this would fit that mold. Like you said, he had people sign NDAs before coming in, just to go on his own Instagram allegedly, live. Allegedly, 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 just to go on his own Instagram live. And even if that didn't happen, even if it was just like, hey, hey, y'all, 
y'all know I got a wife at home. She can't be seeing me doing this. She think I'm out doing something else, yada, yada, yada. Even if it was just that. And you go on and expose yourself <laughs> on your own Instagram live. <laughs> like, dog, that, that's just... There's levels of incompetence. And this is just at the top of the list of just basically general incompetence. People and, and, really get me at how they expose themselves. Because right. it happens quite often. Right. Exposing it's, yourself is actually a thing that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if you're his wife, though, like... They have kids who are old enough to see the internet. You just embarrassed me, not only to the world, but in front of our kids. Especially if I'm taking this. Like, mama, did you see? I know my mama saw. Is she? This is just okay? She's just going to let daddy do this? Mm-hmm. Um, So you embarrassed me in front of the world, in front of my kids. Also in the video, some girl in the comments, he like, girl, come out. Are you in LA? Come stop by. You got, it's a lot of money to be made. A lot of money how? I'm just saying, I ain't saying it's some, I'm just saying, a lot of money now. <laughs> We're just saying this. Because there yeah. are many ways to make money. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm just saying, if I'm his wife, those questions are in my head. Like, how was she going to make a lot of money? What y'all got mm-hmm. going on over there? You know what I'm right. saying? But you just jeopardize. Well, not, Paul Pierce is a millionaire. So this ESPN check probably doesn't matter to him. But if I'm your wife and you just lost a job in this way, being grown with our three kids, oh no, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. You may be going through a midlife crisis. Maybe we can separate. Maybe we can start going to counseling. But some ain't right. Like something going on in your heads where you thought this was okay, mm-hmm. and now there's a disconnect. We're gonna have to work on something because right. <laughs> homeboy was wilding. Right. Now I I do want to say though I feel like this is a good opportunity to bring up the fact that this ain't the first time Paul Pierce has done something <laughs> that we've laughed at because I direct you to the 2008 NBA Finals <laughs> was that game one was that game one when this happened where you know he got fouled hard looked like he, he had broke his leg in five places and we just got wheeled off with a towel over his head and magically came back ten minutes later and everybody's like man what happened oh man I don't know, whatever. And then it I comes mean, out. Sometimes he, you gotta do what you gotta do. But, but I'm sorry. Then comes out what for people? And then it know. comes out. He he comes out and says, "Oh yeah, he just had to go to the bathroom." Dog, there. <laughs> you could have just went. <clears throat> like I think, did he actually say that, or do we say that? No, he said and that. He said oh, okay. Or maybe somebody asked. No, he said that. I, I know um, we say it, but did he come out and say that's not actually what happened? No, Lamar Jackson said that. Uh. Paul Pierce said he had to go to the bathroom. Okay. So this ain't the first time he's done something stupid and unnecessary. But that's in a game, though. Like you can't really but, control that in a game. This is no, something no, that like, you're playing you're right. out. If you, if you gotta, if you gotta go. But see, that, I was thinking about this the other day, Ashley. Like, even if that's the case, which obviously it is, he said it. Like, how do you plan how to do that? Do you just take the first foul you get? And then just lay there so they can take it to the locker room. Cause like, what if nobody would have fouled him? What if she would have just had to hold that for the next fifty minutes? Then what? No, it wasn't a hold for fifty minutes. You gonna tell your? At some point, you telling? I think it just presented itself. Cause at some point, you telling your coach, "You take me out the game. I got to go." Or you just start limping. You come, go up for a shot, come down, start limping. Some. There's so many ways you can do it. There's so many ways you can do it for sure. But but the wheelchair head over the head. He played that up way too much. 
he did not have to do all of that. Sometimes that's all when it's when it's coming out, you can't walk. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know right. he leaves a little correct. trail then I we have, all know what happened hey, look i have i've had to to clinch him up you know what i'm saying get to the bathroom before I i'm understand. dead i don't want to hear but, that you gotta but, go through layers of hair to start dripping mervin what <laughs> i'm sorry your what? your your bodily functions have to go through layers of hair before it starts dripping what okay first of all ill I wasn't even trying to get that graphic. <laughs> I think we all can just leave it at, I had to clinch it up. But I'm just saying, it's, I've been there before, but I don't know that if I was in that situation that I would have played it out as much as he did. He, he, he pulled a full acting job. It wasn't necessary. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if I will be on the podcast saying, I haven't been there, guys. I, I've never gotten to that point. But what if your future woman is listening, Marvin? And she's like, ugh. You know, you you get away with stuff like that after, you know. I've been together for a little minute. (laughs) But in the beginning, ugh. If my future woman is listening, look, then you just got to know up front. Look, I take dumps, okay? And And what do you call them? (laughs) I am not going to say that on on this podcast. Oh, okay, because he says it to me all the time. I'm about to go. And I'm like, Mervin. Look, I look, I use the bathroom just like everybody else does. However, well, first of all, you just got to deal with it, okay? That, that's just part of being with me. I'm going to use the bathroom when I got to go use the bathroom. However, I do say, I, I said everybody. Everybody doesn't because in my mind, cute women don't take dumps, okay? You go in the bathroom and you just play loud sounds and you spray some fart spray and then you come out. I what cannot... What if the smell is so bad? Look, that fart I... fart spray. I cannot wrap my head around beautiful women doing having that come out their body okay just that girlfriend i'd been with for a long time cute as hell could i and i would tell her to her face after she just came out of here like nah you weren't in there doing that you was just reading a book playing fart sounds and spraying fart spray you weren't in there taking a dump that's not what you was doing Okay, Mervin. Well, uh, let's end it here. Right. <laughs> We're going to take our break because somehow we started talking about poop. Wow. All right, Mervin. Over there, look like a turd yourself. Okay, we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back on the second half. <laughs> this is Mervin Wright Jr., and you're listening to the More Right Than Wrong podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the More Right Than Wrong podcast. This is Mervin um, coming to you live from the city that is Houston, Texas. That's Ashley coming straight out of out of Tyler. Uh, we are uh, going to be talking about for the rest of the podcast today uh, the move from uh, from Texas Tech to Texas of Chris Beard, um, and we'll also talk about the Jets trading Sam Darnold to Carolina. Um, I'll have my Mervs minute. Um, and actually, we'll talk about the recent versus battle between the Isley brothers and the elements known as Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, and then we are going to get out of your way for this week. Uh, so let's. So I was going to let you keep going. You actually sounded somewhat decent right there. So let you go. I actually have a. Uh, my voice is crackling today. That's why I keep drinking water. So is mine. That's why my voice sounds a little, if it sounds a little raspy, I apologize. Uh, so, last week, um, it was announced that uh, former Texas Tech head basketball coach Chris Beard 
uh, was moving uh, to the University of Texas. Um, essentially, probably got money whipped. Uh, Chris Beard was at Texas at one point. Uh, he was a graduate assistant um, before ending up at Texas Tech. And then after Texas lost, um, they fired slash allowed Shaka Smart to uh, go to Marquette, um, leaving an opening, and Chris Beard was at the top of that list. Um, and then he uh, at first said he wasn't going to go, um, and then eventually – uh, went to Texas after the buyout money dropped <laughs> by a lot. Um, and so it kind of brings up an interesting point because people talk about, um, you know, players in the, the I guess, the structure for players as opposed to coaches um, because we've seen multiple times. We, we saw it, you know, down here in Houston with another coach that went to Texas with Tom Herman where stuff's not looking right, coaches can leave at any time, no repercussions or anything. They can move in state. They can move in conference. No problems. Um, all the Texas a buyout. However, players aren't held to aren't allowed that same opportunity. Where if a coach that they were there for that recruited them that they like to play under has gone on to a different school or whatever, and they're not allowed to leave, um, or if they do, they still have to sit out a year. Or schools can control that they can say that they can't stay in state or in the same conference. They have to go somewhere far, far away. Right. Uh, but like I said, the coaches aren't held to that same standard. And it kind of brought, brought up a good point this week that it, it just kind of, or really reinforces and reaffirms the things that people have been saying about the NCAA, or at the very least I've been saying about the NCAA for a long time. Uh, why it's one of the most corrupt force organizations because stuff like this can happen. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not coming on here to say that a coach should not be allowed to make the best decisions for them. Um, for instance, in the Tom Herman situation, I was upset that he left Houston because it's my school, but I was not utterly, I was not as mad as everybody else because I understood <laughs> that, well, one, I'm a Texas fan, and two, it was a dream job for him. Everybody knew that Tom Herman wanted to be back at Texas. And so when Charlie Strong got fired, I knew it was only a matter of time before Tom Herman was in Austin coaching that football team. So I wasn't as upset as everybody. And I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not saying he shouldn't be allowed to make the decision for him. Do the Make the decision that's best for your family. Get him in a better financial situation. Uh, you know, all that stuff. But what I am saying is players should still be allowed to make those same decisions. Like I said, if let's take Ed Oliver, for example. Ed Oliver got, was Houston's first five-star recruit ever. He was the first five-star recruit not to go to a Power 5 school. He was mostly recruited there. Tom Herman had a big role to play in that. Tom Herman was only his coach for one year at Houston. Had he wanted to go to Texas – he would have had to go through so many hoops, it would have been ridiculous. He would have to sit out a year just for moving to school and then probably sit out an, uh, and then Houston would have made it so difficult for him to play at Texas because it's in the same state that it would it, it essentially wasn't worth it or he probably would have left. And, and there are situations all over the country to where students want to leave and the schools are saying that they can't do it, but the coach is allowed to leave for whatever reason they want to. I mean, I agree. <laughs> I agree. You know, you always preach to the choir when it comes to the NCAA. Um, yeah. I mean, 
if a coach, if I, you know, was recruited by said coach and said coach leaves, I should then be granted to go wherever I want to go and play immediately. Like, it's that simple, you know? It's really, yeah, I mean, it's just that simple. There's no if ands, buts about it. Like, at what point do we give these players who are making millions of dollars for your school, at what point do we recognize them as, you know, human beings and not, you know, profit? Mm-hmm. So I agree. I feel you. Yeah. You know, it's hypocrisy at, at, at the top, at the, the highest platform. But I mean, it is NCAA and they have such a big platform. They just choose not to do certain things because they don't mm-hmm. have to. But see, and, and I'm glad you said that because they're going to have to eventually because if you look in basketball, kids can start going to the G League. Or I they think can. That, that's something that's at, least, at the very least in the works if it's not official yet. They could go to the G League. And start making a little bit of money before they go to the uh, before they actually go to the pros or you know go to the NBA. Um, that's so that's true. an option. But how many people gonna do that though? They are that, still top recruits who would love to go to a Duke or a Kentucky like it's always been yeah. their dream. So mm-hmm. they're still gonna go. There's still gonna be people, great uh, athletes playing in the NCAA because yeah. you know like Lamelo. Lamelo took a separate route to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Do you see other players taking his route? <laughs> no, you, you see some. The, you see like some Emmanuel go Moutier. professional. Emmanuel yeah, you Moutier see some go professional straight. than yeah. that. But when you look at the majority of these, uh, you know, high prospect athletes, they go to college first because mm-hmm. some of them actually, you know, told promised their parents they would go to college, or you know, they just really want to go to this school because of the name, etc. What you're saying though, for sure, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be such a massive wave of people going professional or going to the G League. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I and mean, it, they should though, so that they right. can get paid, right? Because but... I do like the way that they're doing it, where they're getting paid a little bit of money so that they can, you know, have something, you know, that they don't have to hide from everybody, um, and you know, get get acquainted with having like a few hundred thousand dollars and be able to take care of that so that when it becomes a couple million dollars every couple months. They're good. Like, they're not going to just absolutely blow it. Uh, but, I mean, back to the NCAA real quick. I mean, you know, just going through thinking of stuff right now. Coaches, like Nick, you think about it. Nick Saban is a spokesman for Aflac. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make- one of the biggest one of the biggest insurance companies in the country. And we know how, in that dough. We know how much money insurance companies make. Right. It, it should it should be illegal, um, but like I said, but a player can't have a you know a car dealership down the street put his name on something because you know name, image, and likeness still isn't a thing yet. And it's like like we said earlier, a musician can go out like a musician in a college band can go out and make money off of what they do, and nobody cares. Uh, but you know. A mathematician or whatever they do can do can can make their own money, but for some reason this group of people can't. And like I said, they don't make they're not allowed to make their decisions, own decisions. They can do what they want to do. And I'm glad that that people that they're finally stepping up. Um, I'm glad that they did what they did. Some players were were actually thinking about not playing games in the tournament. They ended up playing obviously. But it was a serious discussion because, like, when they were wearing the shirts that said not NCAA property, 
it's forced Mark Emmert to have conversations with these guys about like, okay, what do you guys want? What do you need? Uh, because I think in the grand scheme of things, players as a whole are tired of it. You saw it um, a few years ago when uh, the football players at Northwestern tried to unionize. And, of course, the NCAA wasn't having any of that. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing the players try to, you know, step up, you know, and make moves for themselves because essentially nobody else is going to do it. The schools for sure aren't going to do it because that's going to lead to the schools having to pay players, and that's obviously less money in the president's pocket. Um NCAA is not going to allow it because, again, that's less money in their pocket, which actually, now that I think about it, it's not less money in their pocket. There's literally no reason for them to care because they're going to make their money. Either way, CBS is still going to pay for March Madness. Disney is still going to pay for college football, as is Fox and CBS. And NBC is still going to pay Notre Dame for every home football game that they have. So it really doesn't matter. I don't see why there's such an issue with players getting the same <coughs> rights and benefits as the coaches and the staffs and the GM, not GMs, and the ADs and all that. I mean, I mean, I get it on the NCAA's part. Like, if you play for a team and you're really, really good, and then the coach you chose gets fired, mm-hmm. and that team don't want you going nowhere, you specifically, that's for those people. Because sometimes in certain circumstances, it is waived. The, mm-hmm. you know, in certain yeah, circumstances, sometimes. you can get it waived. But that's if you're not, you know, one of the main money go money getters for the school. Right. So we all know we, we know how it goes. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about making money. That's it. Right. It's all about control for the NCAA. That's it. And that's because their yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's get to some football. Um, the Jets have traded Sam Darnold to Carolina in exchange for three draft picks. Carolina gets Sam Darnold. Jets get six pick this year and a second and fourth round pick next year. So six. So who? Okay, let's. It's a bunch. It's a bunch to talk about in this particular mm-hmm. situation. So much. So many levels to this. But do you think Carolina is going to get better with Sam Darnold as quarterback? Um. I'm not 100% sure. I will say, first of all, though, this wasn't a trade. This was a steal. They got Sam Darnold for next to nothing. A six-round pick this year, a second and a fourth next year. Not even a first-round draft pick. Come on. Uh, that w- That's actually a pretty good deal for them. So, at the very least, Carolina came out on top of the trade. Now, um, will it make them better? I don't know because – I'm about to say, hold on. Did Carolina come out on top? Because Sam Darnold. Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll well, let you. Okay, no, no, because I, I, I feel like I know where you're about to go. And yes, Sam Darnold did look absolutely terrible in, uh, in New York. Yes. But I think we also have to look at it from a certain lens as well. He looked terrible in New York under Adam Gase. Adam Gase, who came out in the middle of the season last year and said, "He did." I did not develop my quarterback. Like I should have. He was an offensive guy in Miami. So he's supposed to come in and be able to develop a quarterback. And he did an absolutely terrible job at that. So maybe that – now, if that would have stunted his growth so much that he can't really do anything after that, then that's one thing. But I I, I, I don't – I can't necessarily fault Carolina for taking a flyer on him for what they paid for him, which was not that much, to say, okay, let's bring this guy in. Let's see if, you know, Matt Rule and that staff can get something done. Because I, if I'm correct, Joe Judge is uh, on Carolina's coaching staff. And if he is, that's the same guy who helped Joe Burrow 
So, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, with Sam Donald. Sam Donald, this is going to be season what? My bad. Sam Donald, this is going to be year what? Four, right? Yes. And in your rookie deal, how many years do you have until it's time to negotiate a contract? That would be four. So, Carolina has him for one season. He's been Uh in New York for three seasons, not being developed, not being trained how to play in the NFL. Right. So, Carolina just gave up these picks, which you say was a steal. Carolina just gave up these picks for what? To try to see what Sam Darnold can do in a year? Right. Because after years up, we got trying to figure out, you know, are we going to pay this man? Like, I'm sorry. I meant Joe Brady, not Joe Judge. Continue. We, it, once, his, once his rookie deal's up, we're just like, okay, so are we going to pay this man? What? But you don't have time to figure it out because the man has been in the league for three seasons already, mm-hmm. not doing nothing. But again, <laughs> Granted, I, under his head coach, Adam right. Gates, of course, but he still hasn't been doing anything. If, you, if the head coach comes out and says, I have not developed this man, and you take him to Carolina, you have one season to see what he was see what he can do before it's time to see if you want to pay him some money or not. Like I just don't think that's enough time. I just feel like this was a, a big gamble for Carolina. But but I mean you think about it. Uh this is the time this is the time of year where teams gamble. The biggest one of them all being in in, in a couple weeks at the draft. Those are big gambles taken there too. Whoa, wait, wait, wait! Did you just compare? No, no I'm not saying. I'm not saying Sam Darnold. I'm, I'm not saying Sam Darnold is essentially a draft pick again. But what I am saying is, what I'm saying is, he worth a gamble. You're talking about gambles. Yes. Normally, the gambles, you'd be like, okay, I he was a see. high draft pick. He was like the second draft pick in that draft, wasn't he? He was, but these yeah. three seasons he's been in the league. Look, I think, like I said, I'm Mr. Not, Trubisky was what pick number what. Oh, he was, no, he was picked. Yeah, he was picked number two in that draft, too? Yeah. Yeah, he was picked number two in that draft. I was like, two or three. Mitch Trubisky was a high draft pick, too. So what you're saying yes. is it's a it's a gamble if another team drafts for him, although he was terrible no, what in I, Chicago. Because, because what I'm saying is. So what's the difference? I don't really know. Because <laughs> okay, both of them were terrible in their respective teams. But see And you be like, oh, kick Mr. Bisky after, but now you're saying, oh, Carolina got a steal for getting Sam Darnold. But see, we all knew Mr. B- first of all, we all knew Mr. Bisky was trash coming out of college. Why Chicago jumped up to get him, we don't know. That's number Why one. Number two he was drafted over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Right. But we I mean Th- their theories. Anyway, the same as theories for this year. But mm-hmm. keep going. So we we all question that, but we all also thought Matt Nagy was a better head coach than uh, Adam Gase, mostly because of him making a run at the end of the season to make the playoffs somehow, which we still don't understand how that happened. But there's that. But no. But even from the jump, everybody thought Adam Gase was a terrible head coach. Yeah, and can so, we talk about that? The privilege in that? Oh, yeah. You come from Miami in which they let you go because you suck. <laughs> okay. Under 500 in his three seasons in Miami. Mm-hmm. And then you can go in the same division and go to a team and be the head coach. Yep. 
and then get rid of the GM that hired you and mm-hmm. get and play your part in picking a new GM. Can we talk about privilege? What black coach you know doing that? What black coach you know? Oh yeah, it ain't, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Okay. If you, I mean, if you want to talk about privilege, I think maybe near top of the list is Cliff Kingsbury fired from Texas Tech. Oh, for sure. NFL coach. For now, sure. Granted, as soon as that happened, I said, "What? That what did Texas probably, Tech win when he was there?" That was probably strictly to get Kyler Murray, but yeah, um, <sighs> that was definitely to get Kyler Murray. Uh, but I think that he found out Cliff Kingsbury. He's a liquor. Anyway, uh, when it comes back to the Jets and Sam Darnold, um, yeah, like everybody knew Adam Gay sucked. So you have to take that into consideration. I'm not saying Sam Darnold is going to go to Carolina and absolutely ball out. I'm not 100% saying that he's better than Teddy Bridgewater because if you ask me, Teddy Bridgewater, especially before the injury in Minnesota, was a top five, top ten quarterback. He hasn't been all that now. But he developed. He, I mean, he's he, still a solid quarterback. He's still a solid quarterback. He was a year under Drew Brees, and uh, when Drew Brees got hurt, he went six and zero. Right, and then he nine touchdowns. Went, he went to Carolina. He wasn't the best, but I think people also fail to realize Carolina's in the first year of a new head coach, a coach that came from college, so still kind of learning the NFL. You know, COVID year, so no off season, short training camp, all this stuff. So you really couldn't do all the stuff he wanted to do. And still had a somewhat decent season. Like, they weren't bottom of the barrel by any means. So, if you take all that into consideration, you maybe Sam Darnold is a piece that can take that team from, you know, where they are to at least getting closer to where they're trying to go. And if they're wrong, they gave up a six, uh, the six draft, their six-round draft pick this year. They can figure out what they need. They can make a trade or something to get that second-round pick back next year. They're good. I just, I just want to say, within the next two drafts, the Jets have four first-round picks and three second-round picks and two third rounds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm sorry. If if you don't make nothing out of this, <laughs> if the Jets aren't good in five years, it's a problem. And then it, it, I, I think they said on ESPN, the Jets in the last 15 years have drafted 10 quarterbacks in the first round. That's yeah, crazy. That should show you how poorly run that organization is. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to draft quarterbacks that high every other year. It mm-hmm. should be okay if I'm drafting a quarterback, maybe in the you know fifth round, sixth round, or whatever as a backup or something like that. But as far as first and second round quarterbacks drafting every year, like you think about it, who hasn't had to draft a quarterback in the first round in forever? New England, Green Bay, New Orleans, teams like that. The, it, or who's drafted a quarterback in the first round recently that might not have to draft a quarterback in the first round uh, for the next maybe 10 years, hopefully, barring injury, Kansas City, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Right. Th- that's That's how that should go. Cleveland, Arizona, Baltimore. That's how that's supposed to go. You shouldn't be drafting quarterbacks all the time. That just says your, 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 your uh, operation is running very poorly and it needs to be fixed. Bro, you know that because when Trevor Lawrence, you know, everybody was like, bro, if the Jets get number one, will you Trevor stay Trevor Lawrence in was like, I'm staying. <laughs> he was going to stay. He wasn't going to the league. He uh, wasn't gonna- Look, let me put it like this. Jacksonville ain't too much better. But at the very least, if I'm going to go to a sorry team, I'm going to go where the sun is shining most of the year instead of freezing my tail off up in New, Jer- up in New York and New Jersey for a team that's also poorly run. And at the very least, Urban Meyer is here. So, you know. 
good coach. We'll see how he does in college. Oh, well, in the NFL. I, I feel bad for these these quarterbacks. You know, granted, you are making millions of dollars, but if you drafted to the wrong team, your career it could is done. It could your career is done. It could literally change your career. Yeah. So, um. I be feeling bad for these quarterbacks, bro. I really do. But yeah, if you was going to the, if it was gonna be the Jets, I would stay in school too. I need right. to look out for my career. Like, like I know I they get a number one pick next year. You know what I'm saying? They, so they, yeah. Hold on, let me see. Because okay, so obviously the um, who's first? Jacksonville is taking Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, the Jets are second. Dang. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin Fields got to go to Jackson. Got to go to New York. Or, or do you think Jackson? Uh, do you think New York will fumble it by uh, getting Mac Jones and letting Justin Fields go to number three? No, they said. Um, they said uh, New York was going after Mac Jones. <laughs> that's funny. I think that's what the, we were, I think that's some new reports. Because we were literally just talking about Mac Jones and Justin Fields before we started recording, so that would be absolutely hilarious. Because Justin Fields can ball. It, to me, it's been Justin Fields, well, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields all year. So why anybody would pick Mac Jones over um, Justin Fields, I don't understand. Uh-huh. What, are, what are we looking at? Actually, um, I'm trying to think. The Jets have actually um, said no, not Mac Jones. It's Zach Wilson would be by you. Okay, that's who the Jets are going after. Okay, allegedly. Okay. That now, okay, I'm not saying it's right, but if that's what you want to do, okay, if you want to go Zach Wilson to whatever, allegedly, um, allegedly, because yes. that's what that's what the word on the street is. Word on Kirby is they going after. Uh, I mean <clears throat> Zach Wilson. There's also a saying that if any. It, when talking about the draft, if a team's lips are moving, that they're, they're probably lying, which is fair, smart. Um, so, but yeah, but I don't know. It, but it, but if you have the number two pick, I don't. I just don't. I just don't see the point in that. Mm, hey, look, I, I don't know. Especially Jacksonville's when it's, obviously, obviously going Trevor with Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, so, so I just I, don't see the point in lying with, with the number two pick. Because that's what NFL teams do. Okay. But that's just. I me. guess if you're super paranoid, which I could understand if you're paranoid. When it comes to the NFL, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, they're supposed to be going after um, Zach Wilson. Okay, so Sam Darnold going to Carolina now. Uh, the Panthers are opening up trade request for um, Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Where should he go? All right, I tell you where I where I think he should go. Oh, what Houston? No. Where? He needs to go to the Broncos, bruh. Oh, Listen, yeah. Jerry Judy is a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. But having his rookie season wasted, having to watch him run after Drew Locke Shanks, <laughs> it's just, I, I feel bad. Like I said, when quarterbacks get drafted to teams and their careers go down, like, Jerry Judy has to catch Drew Locke balls, which are terribly thrown, by the way. Give him a solid quarterback and let this boy shine. That's what I want to see. I want to see my boy Jerry Judy shine. Give him somebody a quarterback. Drew Locke obviously ain't it for the Denver Broncos. And I hear the Broncos are interested in Teddy Bridgewater. That is literally the perfect situation, if you ask me. And to where he can be a starter. 
Right. Because I'm pretty sure Teddy Bridgewater is tired of being a backup. Yeah, I believe him. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, Merv. Hi. Time for your Merv's minute. Yes, it is. So. This man uh, said hi. Shut up. Uh, so this, my idea for my Merv's minute came strictly uh, from Saturday night's uh, amazing, thrilling, game-winning shot by Jalen Suggs. Um, something I've heard referred to, referred to as a sports gut punch if you're a UCLA fan. One of those moments to where, like, you feel like you got it, and then it's just ripped away from you in, 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 in heartbreaking fashion, okay? Um... Uh, and I have given, I've compiled my fate, my list of my top five sports gut punch moments. Although, I will start with the sixth. My honorable mention would be the 2006 NBA Finals. The Mavericks were up 2 0 um, in Dallas, went to Miami, lost three straight, should have won one of those games. Just want to put it out there Tim Donaghy was one of the refs in those games. Probably has something to do with it. And the Mavericks ended up losing a four straight game. That's the game he uh, bet on. It, it probably was. <laughs> so, to my list of top five gut punch moments. Boy, self-deprecation makes you feel better, doesn't it? Number five, 2018, uh, round of 32. University of Houston plays Michigan. Michigan. Michigan comes down to Houston. Another situation like we've been talking about. Game is top. No, we were up. That's right, we were up. And we, were, we had a chance to go to the Sweet 16 for the first time in forever. Michigan comes down the floor, puts a shot up, drains it at the uh, at the buzzer, drains the three. Houston loses. Michigan goes to the uh, Sweet 16. That So that's where we're starting with this. Uh, number four, a, a, a moment that has been mentioned on this program many a time. Super Bowl 36 in 2002, Rams versus Patriots. A uh, little seven-year-old Mervin is sitting on the couch with his father watching his first Super Bowl that he can really remember <laughs> as a Rams fan. And Tom Brady's punk ass marches the ball down the field. And uh, Adam Benatieri lines up and kicks a field goal that makes Mervin start crying as soon as it looks like it's going through the uprights because his team just lost in the Super Bowl. That's number four. Number three. The reason I hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Third and 20. Well, let me let me start give you the full scenario. 2016 divisional round, Dallas just went 13-3 in Dak and uh, Zeke's rookie year. They they were down. They come back. It looks like Dallas is going to take this game to overtime. It's tied up with a minute 40 in, er, and some change left. And Aaron Rodgers finds uh, his receiver on the sideline, going against his body, throwing it to his left, just kind of did that foot shuffle that I can't stand, <laughs> but I try to get it down every time and just hits him on the sideline because for some reason the Cowboys decided to rush three against Aaron Rodgers who can get out the pocket and still let somebody get loose with eight-minute coverage. Then right after that, Green Bay comes out, kicks the field goal, ball game. I almost start crying in my dorm room as a grown man in front of a bunch of people. Number two, another reason I hate the Packers, but it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. This would be... (laughs) 2014 division around against the Packers in in Green Bay, around four minutes or so, fourth down, Tony Romo rolls out, hits Des Bryant, throws the ball to Des Bryant, goes up, (laughs) beautiful catch, grabs the ball, takes three steps, reaches the ball out for the goal line, when he hits the ground, the ball pops up. Official comes down, puts the ball on the one yard line, Cowboys fans are excited. Review on the play, plays me a challenge. 
For what? What are we challenging here? What's the what's what are we looking at here, guys? It, that was clearly a, what are we challenging? Whether he was in bounds, like what are we doing? Oh, they're reviewing a catch. A catch? What are we talking about? Man got the ball, came down, took three steps, and his third step was him lunging for the goal line, just for the ball to pop out a little bit when it hit the ground. And to me, honestly. If it's me, I would have called a touchdown because it popped out when he grabbed it again. It was in the end zone. If they would have brought it back to the win, I would have been okay with that. But they said he didn't make a football move. He didn't have the ball long enough to make a football move uh, or a a, a player-specific move. I'm sorry. If I grab the ball and take three steps, I don't care if I'm stumbling or what. That's a catch to me. And then, to make it even worse, a few years later, they changed the rules to where now that play would have been a catch. So, watching that play, that irked me because that was just um, um, one play in a long litany of plays in the NFL where it's like, what the hell is a catch? Between that, the Calvin Johnson play, the uh, Jesse James play uh, for the Steelers against uh, New England, uh, which a couple weeks later came into play when New England was in the uh, Super Bowl, and I believe it was Zach Ertz uh, caught the ball, took two steps, reached out, ball pops up, and oh yeah, that's a touchdown. <laughs> what are we talking about here? So yeah, that one really hurt. And to top it all off, I bet you thought the Cowboys plays were going to be number one, right? Because it's the Cowboys. I thought Let so me too. guess. Is it a Mavericks play? It is not a Mavericks play. It is game six of the 2011 World Series. And the so reason the this is at play. the top. Yes. And the reason it's <laughs> at the top is because this cost us a championship. 2011, game six against the Cardinals. Rangers are pitching. We are up a run. We have two strikes. No, there, there's two Cardinals out. And there are two strikes. I'm literally tweeting or on Facebook or whatever I was using that day. We are one strike away from a World Series. Channel 8, WFAA, your buddies, your techno buddies, uh, send out an alert. The Texas Rangers have just won the World Series. Congratulations. That's a curse, by the way. Um, it is. Because we see that happen all the time. <laughs> and then, show enough, what happens? David Freeze punk behind gets up to the plate hits a ball to right field now should have been a plate should have been an easy out should have been nelson cruz get under the ball if you ever hear me say i hate nelson cruz this is why get under the ball get there catch the ball i don't know what we're gonna do in a couple days of school because i'm going to the parade in arlington or downtown dallas i'm good i'm gonna go right but no Hits the ball, and Nelson Cruz has been dealing with a nagging injury, and for some reason doesn't just sacrifice his body for one play to make the catch to secure the World Series. Ball bounces off, Cardinal score. We're going to extra innings. That's bad enough as is, right? Yes. We had the game one in the ninth inning, but then in the tenth inning, well, in uh, extra innings, I don't remember if it was the tenth or the eleventh. The Rangers are up again. In extra innings in the in the bottom of the inning. Two outs. And guess who comes back up to the plate? David Freeze, who's not even in the league anymore. Not even playing Major League Baseball anymore. He comes up, hits a walk-off home run, 
And then game's over. St. Louis won. It's going to game seven. And St. Louis beat the snot out of the Rangers in game seven. So that is my number one personal gut punch moment because we were one pitch away from a World Series championship. Because keep in mind, everybody else has won. The Mavericks have won. The Mavericks won not more than uh, five months before that. The Mavericks won their first championship. Cowboys obviously have championships and the Stars had championships. This would have given all four big sports teams in Dallas a championship. But it took one pitch and one person not sacrificing their body for us to not get that championship. Can you tell I'm still hurt about it? Can you tell I'm not over I can tell you're still hurt by everything you said. Like, it's just one plate. One plate. Like, just right there. The world... I was ready to go to Dick's Sporting Goods the next morning. On, I would have had my parents take me to the store on the way to school or or whatever to go buy a t-shirt if the Rangers would have won that championship. But no, just couldn't get it done. Couldn't win. And look at us now. Bottom of the barrel in the American League. Nolan Ryan's in Houston again. It's terrible. I hate it. I'm done. Well, I will give you one gut punch moment for me. The year is 2018. Mm-hmm. This is the NBA Finals. LeBron James and the Cavs are playing Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Right. 4.7 seconds left in the game. Down by one point. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> oh boy. Don't you start the ball goes there. up ball goes up mm-hmm. okay it's a free throw we miss the free throw oh <laughs> it bounces off oh the rim. yeah i'm like where's this going oh yeah <laughs> it bounces off the rim mind mm-hmm. you we just shot the free throw right. so whose end of the court are we on that would be it bounces yeah. off mm-hmm. the rim mm-hmm. who gets the rebound um i believe that man's name is uh jr smith J.R. Smith and with no knowledge of where he is and how much time is left he grabs the ball and begins to run to the other end near half court and LeBron James is like bro this is game one in Oracle Arena mm-hmm. you had a chance to steal that game had a chance was- to steal the game and it could have turned momentum in that finals appearance for LeBron. LeBron game could have five. I'm not saying he would have because that team had was honestly no match for the Golden State Warriors at this time with KD and Seth Curry and Klay Thompson and the whole team. But it was a gut punch moment for sure. After that, we had no chance. We had no chance. We all oh, knew yeah, yeah, after no. that. So I will ask you this. Who's the real villain here? Because everybody talks about J.R. Smith and rightfully so. But if George Hill makes that free throw, you're up one. And now you're forcing Golden State to make a play. Which they, I mean, 4.7 seconds, Golden George State. George Hill makes the free throw, we're tied. No, it went to overtime after that. So if we George were down Hill, one. No, you weren't. No, you were tied. It went to bro, overtime. We were, we were down one, bro. Actually, that game we went tied? to overtime. Yes. Oh, I feel like something happened after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah you we're got down. No, it was. Oh, he had made the free throw, missed the second free throw. Yeah, that, I was, was like, what? Throw. 
That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, he missed the second free throw. So if George, because think about it, if George Hill makes that second free throw, granted, like I said, they could call a timeout, advance it. It's the Warriors. They would have had Steph, KD, and Steph, KD, and Clay on the court. So somebody's getting up a, a, a decent shot. It's definitely but, J.R. Smith. Players miss okay. players miss shots all the time. Okay. When Danny Green missed a shot this last um, NBA Finals and could have won the game, and he missed a shot wide open. Mm-hmm. With LeBron James, you know, LeBron James said after the game, he said, "I mean, that was a shot, you know, mm-hmm. that you know he could have made." But did it change the outcome of you know what was supposed to happen? No, oh, Lakers no, won. No. Had you, had he missed a shot and somebody was there to rebound it and they had made no effort to put it back up, it is still that person's fault. <laughs> it does not matter if Danny Green missed the mm-hmm. free, missed the three-point. It does not matter. You know why? Because players miss shots. But in the game, you need to be aware of where you are and how much time is on the clock at all times. That is literally the game of basketball. It's a shot clock for a reason. Look, I look. I was just asking a question. Okay, I laugh at the situation every time I see that clip. Like that's one of those clips where all I have to do is see the first frame, and I know exactly what's about to happen. So yeah, I laugh a lot at that one. Continue. Anyways, to- let's get to the let's get to the juice of the podcast today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This portion of the podcast goes out to all the old biddies out there that was tuned in to the versus battle between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Osley Brothers. So mm-hmm. what's the problem, Arthur? It's just funny the way you said it. Old biddies? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let, let's, let's get back to the old biddies. I'ma need y'all to calm down. <laughs> Do not raise your blood pressure. Ronald Osley is not checking for you. <laughs> he ain't checking for none of y'all, okay? Listen, Mr. Biggs came out there, a whole new man. I even looked at the screen like, who is that? That ain't Ron Isley. Who is that? Men, and Mervyn, this don't count for you because you don't tame your beard. Men, <laughs> I want you to take note of the things a beard can do for your overall appearance. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because my mom called me Monday and was like, I see why you have the beard, it's to get women. And I was like, uh, yeah. Cause she was talking about all the women, you know, finding over uh, Ron Isley because of listen, his beard. <laughs> listen, he, 80 year old Ron Isley had y'all grandmas forgetting they were saved, hey man? Probably throwing the panties at the iPhone. You know what I'm saying, hey man? Oh, my, my bad, should I say draws? Jeez. Draws. Okay, right. listen. <laughs> the verses on Resurrection Day smell like mothballs and Bengay. That's the smell I was getting oh, through, the, through the screen. my God. That's the smell. Anyways, bro. Something's wrong with you, bro. If you were not there, you you just you just missed a a cultural phenomenon. Two legendary groups. L- let me let me break it down for you. The Osley Brothers played songs like. Room with you. Don't say goodnight. Summer breeze. Contagious. Now, although R. Kelly wrote it, we'll let it slide. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're gonna let that slide. These old men, they don't let them slide. Yeah. Make me say it again, girl. Footsteps in the dark. Choosy lover. Oh, Mervin, just think about it. I'm getting pregnant. Uh, Earth Wind and Fire. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire play Reasons. That's the way the world looks. Holiday, September, Devotion, After the Love is Gone. Hits. And these, not only are they playing these songs, they sitting there singing it. You know, now I'm not attracted to any of these men. These are some old men. You know, this is not even my time. Thankful to my mama for putting me on. Because mama, you know, she used to listen to, um, what are the CDs called? Um, Body and Soul. She would get these Body and Soul CDs. And it was just a whole bunch of mixes of just different artists and their hit songs. Listen, shout out to my mama for putting me on. But when I tell you some babies was made on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I feel the embryos in my stomach right now. You're weird. Uh, <laughs> listen, these groups put us in a time machine to back when you had to be smooth to sell records. It's some mm-hmm. ugly people out here that got these big time deals. I'll be like, how? Back in the day, you had to look like something. Mm-hmm. You had to but, be clean. Did you see the fits they had on? You I did. I have seen clean. that. I have seen it. But okay, you got to remember, this was also back in the era where. And essentially to paraphrase Charlie Murphy the the dudes that dress the most like women got the most women for sure hey for sure Prince right right exactly you for walk sure. up on the on Earth Wind and Fire back in the day they might have on the blouse but you better not walk up on them too quick or they might still cut you you better right? be careful with it. these sure. are the people we're dealing with sure hair silkier than yours mm-hmm. <laughs> just Listen. let your soul go Doing that. You need to put some soul glow on that beard. Anyway. Anyways, but what other hosts did you get to host than Steve Harvey? Okay, Steve Harvey will have you jam into Earth, Wind, and Fire on his set right before he does a comedy show. Right. Like, so many times he's walked out to their music. Steve Harvey will tell you Earth, Wind, and Fire is his favorite band. So, what other person do you have? Posted to Steve Harvey. Listen, his commentary and his anecdotes to where he was when the songs came out just added the nostalgia to the room, fam. Like, it was a cultural moment that you had to be in. Where were you during the Earth, Wind, and Fire Isley Brothers versus? You had girls in the comments asking Ron Isley, girls our age, asking Ron Isley to check his DMs if he knows how. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> if he knows how. Bruh, he was looking good. They were all looking good. That was... Shout out to Swizz. Shout out to Timbaland. That was that was the best one, for sure. I think it was the best one. Um, it wasn't the most viewed. I think the most viewed were Monica and Brandy. I mean, it, I mean, listen, all these verses have been great. Not all of them. Some of them. But a good amount have been great. The Teddy Riley yeah. babyface one. The Monica, Brandy. Um... Gucci and uh, uh, Jeezy. That was a good oh, yeah, one. that. I watched all of that. that was, I think that was <laughs> the only one I watched front to back. I also watched most of uh, Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond. That was a good one. Yes. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was but, yeah. This one right here, legendary. Mm-hmm. Legendary. Legendary. But yeah, um, so shout out to all, all the old biddies out there, you know. For a moment, we was in y'all time, you know, reminiscing on what y'all used to do back in the day. And nowadays, y'all be telling me, you know, us, you know, stuff. Like, uh, what y'all doing this back Right. That's a whole other situation. That's a whole other. Oh, here. Nah, 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 mention it. Because we are, <laughs> nah, we're really, we really went short today. So I can mention this. I don't ever want to hear. 
anybody from that generation talk about our music. They made love ballads to cocaine, stealing men, and everything in between. Okay, saving all my love about stealing somebody's men. Candy was about cocaine. Mary Jane. Mary Jane. You know how shocked I was as a child when my mother told me Mary Jane was about weed? I was like, what? And and, and then tell us nothing. Just had us singing it like it was about a woman named Mary Jane or like Candy was just about some skills. How how old would you say you found out that Mary Jane was weed? 22, 23? No, no, shut up. No, like, uh, maybe about 10, 10 or so. I was was an innocent child. I wasn't just, I didn't, I did, wasn't and don't do drugs. So, like, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I, I was in still be singing. Hey, it's a good song. Look, hey, look, don't get it twisted. Just because a song has a terrible meaning don't mean it ain't a, a banger of a song. Oh, yeah, listen, As We Lay by Shirley Murdoch. She's sleeping with a whole married man. Like, right. is she going back Come to her on, man? man? He going back to his women. I'm just like, what is going on look, here? But this some jams. Let's put it like this. Much as we, you know, shouldn't be playing our Kelly stuff no more. Contagious. Man walks in, finds his woman with another man. It's a hell of a song. I'm sorry. I if if it comes up on my on my playlist, I'm not pressing skip. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the, I um, honestly have not listened to R. Kelly music since the whole uh R. Kelly doc came out. So I can say, if I cancel somebody, I cancel them. You know what I'm saying? And and so, I applaud you, Ashley. I really do. I stick with my people. But Tara, if it's me and the song comes on, it's still getting played. You know, I mean, that's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um... Barb, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, this is a shorter yeah. podcast today. This is a short one. Thank the Lord. Oh, cut it. Yeah, thank the Lord for me because I'm the one who has to sit sit back and listen to all of it. Um, no, nah, not really. Um, yeah, I'm just thankful for the one year birthday of my beard that passed yesterday. Um, and I am thankful that you're cutting it. Whoa, let let's use proper terminology here. Cause I ain't cutting nothing. I will trim it, and I will clip the ends and stuff so that it's more even. So that when I do just, you know, have it out, it don't look that bad. Cause when it's out, it's out like it 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 looks weird. So I gotta you know, put some shape to it and stuff. You know, you gotta trim yes. the hedges. Exactly. Cause exactly. they definitely do look like some overgrown weeds. Oh, they don't look that bad. Although Yo. I do, I will say this though, I do love when it's windy outside. And I can feel, the, like, I can, like, it doesn't even, like, you get to certain stages. Like, at first, it's like, you feel it moving, but it's whatever. But I can Wait literally. Don't I nobody want to hear about the joys of your I can hear beard. the wind whistling through my beard. Oh it's my so God. fun. It's so amazing. We got to go. We got to go, y'all. I know y'all don't want to hear this. We got to go. Fine, Ashley. Do you have anything else to talk about before we leave? I sure do not. Oh, well, excuse, well, excuse the hell out of me. You ain't got to yell at me, girl. <laughs> All I did was ask you a question like you asked me a question. I sure do not. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, let's uh, give our listeners a nice content-filled short episode. This still ain't short compared to other people's standards, but compared to us, it's right. short. Right, because Ashley didn't or, talk that long today. 
Mermaid, it's always you. If you it's go back, not, I, you, the, the sound in my voice be like, all right, this, we finna end this. You go, oh, and one more thing. Oh, and don't forget. Well, I'm oh, sorry. And I, to piggyback off of what you said. I'm sorry. I have a lot of stuff in my head. And I don't get a chance to get it out a lot, okay? So I understand. Maybe if your uh, snapback was so tight, you know what I'm saying? Circulation would just be much easier to think your thoughts. <laughs> if only y'all could see how he looking at me. I hope y'all participated in the drinking game, though. You, I know you've had to take a shot like 10 times already. At least. So You're probably drunk you at 12 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> so if this. you didn't. Get you a, a cup, a glass, a shot glass. Get your favorite drink and listen to this again. And every time I say something about Mervin, you know, take you a shot and watch me drunk. This is for you. If you're bored, you know what I'm saying? This is for you. You know what I'm saying? If you need some entertainment, this is for you. This is what we're here for, Mervin. We're here to serve the people. And with that being said, uh, oh, one more thing. It's Masters Week. Just want to put that out there. I am so happy about that because the Masters is in November last year, and I get to watch the Masters in most of its entirety this year um, from the comfort of my home in uh, uh, in April as the azaleas bloom for tradition like no other. I'll watch the highlights. I'll watch it. Uh, Sunday, I'm probably going to be watching, like when I get done watching church, that's probably all I'm going to be watching is the Masters. It's, it's the Masters. It's... The, the best major of them all. Shout out to Jordan Speed from Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we thank you guys for listening to us. Um, subscribe to our social media. Uh, you know, watch our videos on YouTube. We would love all the views. Tell your friends about us. You know what I'm saying? Um, Especially, wait, y'all, if you want to watch our videos on YouTube, go to the Eyes of Texas video and comment because there's some racist comments on there. So, I need y'all to reply to the people that in the comments. Please do. We appreciate that. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll be back next week with the next episode of the More Right Than Wrong podcast. Peace out.